This is a warning, another cut to move on. Another beat that's so strong, hold on, and I get wicked in this song. Stir up shit is the wickedest wisdom. Here we go. I think this is episode seven, RT seven podcast. <laughs> yeah, I know. This has been a struggle to try to get together for this, but RT podcast, episode seven. Here we go. We are uh, just a, a day or two away from the Austin F1 race, and uh, you know, Rich and I are kind of going over topics and stuff. And uh, to start off the BMX section, we're going to talk about some things that Rich well, is uh, pretty uh, involved with, which has been all of the recent programs that have that have uh, gone on out there, along with the the his own tangent programs. But um, you went to the whole shot challenge recently. Why don't you talk about that? I did. Um, really quick. Wh- when was yep. our last one? I, I want to just look at the events. Like, I want to rattle off what events have gone by since. Do you know what was the date of our last one? It was a good oh, eight it was, weeks ago. Uh, the end of August. End of August. So we've done. Yeah. Or no, 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 I mean. No, I went to Louisville, Louisville, right? I believe so, yeah. We talked yeah. about So we had the SoCal State Finals. Yeah, so that was the. SoCal State Finals, and that had the the whole shot challenge. I know you we were back our, to back in Colorado for uh, tangent proams. So that was before. That was in um. That was in August. That was middle of August. So so we've had, yeah, we've had. A couple, it's been a while. Yeah, we've had a couple. We had the back to backers in Grand, you know, Grand Junction and Durango. Then we had a Roseville State qualifier. Then we had Louisville. Then we had our state finals. In SoCal, well, their state finals. Then we had our state finals, and then we had Vegas Gold Cup, and then we just had Oldsmar, and in between we had a couple of World Cups. Okay, so yeah, there's been a lot of racing that back half of summer. Yeah, yeah, but, um, and which has been one of the reasons why it's been so hard to get together. You've been at a, a bunch of events, yeah, most know, of the them. last few weeks and stuff. So, <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, give us your uh, you know rundown on. Um, Proams. Yeah, you're well. Your your main thing. I know you in the notes here. You're talking about why don't more pros attend? And um, I mean, in a nutshell, I I can break it down the way I see it happen. Um, you know, with our series, and say four or five years ago, um, even I don't know. We've been doing proams for twenty years. A series itself, I can't remember. I mean, we're like maybe seven eight years deep, and it was just a NorCal series because all we did, really did we just traveled our state championship series. And we work with the tracks and they would um, upcharge the fee $5. So they put together a purse. And so you'd have to like pass the hat and all that. And it kind of just made a fun little thing for the older, older riders and the, the A pros that were around. Um, it was kind of like a retention tool for those, you know, 15 to 20 year old kids that can't go to all these nationals. Can't, you know, even if, even back then when there was a pro, it was still hard to get, you know, halfway across the country, California national scene had, really fallen off because the, there wasn't a lot of really nice tracks in, at the time. The tracks are kind of were starting to slide in comparison to some of these tracks are putting up in Florida and Texas and other places they're, where they're building these really state-of-the-art facilities and just really nice stuff. So it was hard for California, especially in Northern California to get these races. So um, it was kind of making a, you know, our a pro um, group of kids, you know, it's kind of, they're kind of fading off. Cause like, you know, they would, it, it was fun as a hobby, but they would also, you know, want to race for a little bit of cash. So anyway, so we started the series back, we fired up a series, um, instead of, you know, doing a one or two a year thing, we made it like a, 
you know, six to 10 race series, work with a bunch of tracks and it put together some good money. You know, there'd be a thousand or 2000 bucks a race. So that kind of made a, like a NorCal a pro kind of deal for, for our series. And then, you know, some pros would pop in from SoCal, you know, uh, we were friends with a lot of athletes. We kind of hassle them to come up, you know, and, and showcase those guys at some of these smaller tracks. So it was, it was a lot of fun because there's a lot of these little, littler tracks that never even saw, you know, gold cup finals or, or state championships to get some of these faster riders in. And we had a good group of, of riders. Um, and then it got heavier in the pros when ABA, uh, a lot of people may not remember, or USA BMX, they kind of were they went in line with the purses on the uci for whatever reason we won't get into that but um they put their purse to uci which is a which is the uci minimum which was really really small so it really kind of killed pro racing for money um for like a season and then a lot of pros started coming out to our series because we actually still had good money so we were seeing a few more you know, named riders come into the races because there was actual purses. Uh, once the uh, USA BMX kind of got through their pissing match with the athletes and put their, put the purses back up to a kind of a normal thing. Um, we see those bigger riders kind of fade back into the national series because, you know, they don't, don't want to travel all these little tiny towns, to, you know, race for 800 to a thousand dollars. And then over time, we've just kind of, we still lost that, that age base, um, those 16 to 20 year old riders, they're just not around anymore. There's yeah. a pros. There's, there's not, you know, in my day, there was 20 a pros in California, 30. Now there's you know none. Now there is no a pro, but even that age or that, that, that skill level, we'll call it an a pro skill level. They're just, they're just not around. Well, I so, will say that something that exists now that didn't exist back then is the fact that kids of that age, uh, can basically, pretty easily if you're semi-decent in bmx get a some sort of a scholarship to go to one of these uh riding schools yeah and that's you know, really like cool. a lindsey wilson the colorado one that colin hudson went to Mary, um, miriam marion marion you know yeah. all that sort of stuff so that kind of i think that is possibly why you're not seeing that sort of thing but my yeah, my uh I, I guess, you know, I, I know that what you guys do is a ton of work to put these things together and to, you know, raise money and to go out to sponsors and to do all this stuff and to, and to see the series on, on all fronts, not only yours, but like the one that Tyler Brown just had, the whole shot challenge, not really embraced by the pro class. That is what... I, I feel like they're shooting themselves in the foot. Like this is going down the path of like pro cruiser. Like Pro Cruiser didn't go away because, you know, the ABA didn't want to have Pro Cruiser anymore. Pro Cruiser went away because there was three or four guys racing at Grands. Yeah. And, you know, they were like, all right, this is, you know, you guys clearly don't want it. So we're taking it away from you. And then uh, then people will cry about it when they don't have it and they don't have <laughs> income earning opportunities and stuff like yeah. that. So that's I mean, I know you brought up the point of because i know when we were texting during the whole shot challenge you know because i was surprised more people didn't go because the last whole shot challenge you had somebody like david graf who flew in from switzerland and yeah yeah that's 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 <laughs> yeah. that's just the uh, like our poll so that's tyler brown's poll that'd be you know when i get one of these big names here they're not coming here for the money this year because i fucking beg them you know like or you know bang on them not beg bang on them or or it's like hey dude i'll, I'll cover your hotel or you know something yeah. like that they're yeah. not just they're not just coming to race a pro am you know, as, as much as people might think they're, they're there because 
you know, we're they're branded with us and we've done so much for so many athletes over the years that they're kind of yeah. like, all right, all right, man, I owe you one. I'll, I'll come out. You know, it's not like, fuck yeah, man, I'm going to Roseville for the weekend from, you know, Florida. So that's the other thing is we look at, uh, cause we, I kind of, we kind of got kind of bummed also when the pros started to fade, when the purses came back normal, um, you know, so a lot of big names didn't really need want to or need to come or they're training and whatever. So we kind of got bummed a little bit that that wasn't ha- that those guys weren't coming. But yeah, there was a big Supercross event in Colorado. I remember one year that when the ABA had those special stops that they had, but they had bumped up yeah, the pay a yeah. lot. And yeah. I, I I specifically remember that one that there was like very few guys and girls yeah. that showed up, and it was like yep. a big purse amount. And I'm like. You, and the excuse is like, oh, they're prepping for some World Cup. They're or pre-signed something like for the that. Olympics. Yeah, and I'm like, you guys yeah, no, that, you can go like, on and on. You know, about you're, that. you're 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 killing your own class. That that there's no excuse, know? and like those races, like zero excuse. Yeah. Um, and then they, I remember also on that same year, probably or within that two year span, when they did those big purses, they had Florida where like four girls showed up and they got ten, fifteen thousand dollar purse. They're like, just we just can't do this anymore, so they stopped. Which yeah, I, rightfully so. If they don't want to come get it, yeah, absolutely. Uh, why bother? So, but back to the pros not coming to proams. You got to look at for us. We look at the say a three hundred mile radius uh, from a race. There's there's two or three athletes. There's not there's not any. They're they're not there. I mean, when we went to Colorado, you know, Kenny G came out and raced. He won. You know, but he's not going to go much further than that. And then oddly enough, he actually came out. I think he got a little spark under his under his tail, and he actually came out to Roseville and uh, had a good race so but why you know like you know when back it's expensive, uh, it's expensive I, I know to travel. it's travel yeah I, I know it's expensive to travel but you know if you i guess those proams you know you guys are giving out a, a good little bit for first aren't you uh, first place is 700 between 700 and 1200 so if you had to fly there there's 400 if you had to stay in a hotel yeah. there's 200 yeah i mean if, if you win you can maybe you know get a nice dinner yeah, you know, you've got to be yeah. you've got to be local on the. Pro I thought there series. was a couple that were that was like a two thousand. Uh, oh well, yeah, yeah. The average yeah. on the normal ones, yeah. There was a couple bigger ones. Yeah, I, I guess yeah. I I don't really know, man. I know like my Durango ticket was like six hundred bucks. Yeah, you know, so anyone that wanted to come from here, even like you know, Nick was looking. He's like, dude, it's gonna cost me six hundred plus this, and like, yeah, because yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, sponsorship we cover national travel. We know pro am stuff isn't isn't so easy, you know, when you come to. I know, just know like like. like back when it was ABA NBL and you know every single weekend was a pro event essentially and right. you could go anywhere and you you yeah. would see pros racing i remember going to you know there was an a, this is when it was ABA not USA BMX but ABA National Westfield Massachusetts i go out there it's it's two and a half hours from my house and i'm sitting in the parking lot and i'm like holy shit there's like Bubba Harris yeah. Darren Mitchell Sean Dwight like <laughs> you know all these there's just not that many guys anymore I know, but I mean, you, you know, to, those you guys to, weren't those guys weren't why, racing for a five thousand dollar first place prize either. You know, it's like why, first um, was eight hundred bucks or yeah, a thousand dollars or something. You know, but that's why they were doing it. You know, there's um, oh, what was I gonna say? Uh, that I mean, that's why like A Pro and, and and Elite or whatever A Pro Double A Pro Elite is combined now because there's you know they, it got to a point where there's like seven elites and 12 a pros it just was shit so i mean i was one of the proponents of them putting the classes together until we can figure out how to generate that 
you know, 16 to 25 class again and get it built up. Like, let's like get rid of a pro, get those kids back in amateur, strengthen your amateur classes, get rid of the junk pros. The guys, you know what they need to do? Clearly the pro-am model works, right? You guys have demonstrated that the pro-am model works. They need to take a pro-am model on the national circuit and let kids that are racing on national circuit, like if they want to enter it like an open, they enter it on an open and that could be like the a pro um, amateur class essentially. They're going to, without the amateurs losing the amateur status, because a lot of them are on are you know, used for teams and whatnot. I know right, a lot right. of the guys I had would have wanted to do something like that. Yeah. And they have that super so, X, which is similar, but if you did it like maybe select weekends, they were going to, they're going to test it a couple it, years like back. None of that stuff is caught on junior diva, no. super X. Like now this U 23 thing, you got guys like <laughs> I saw it's this basically Sylvan, UCI's Sylvan Andre <laughs> like ripped into, people calling themselves world champion and when it's u23 and i'm right, like man, right. you're just making it fucking way too complicated like, yeah yeah <laughs> they basically just made an a pro because the uci race we're getting over 100 riders so i mean dude like you're just going to go do your two laps and go home so it looks like you know they're they're trying to cultivate and they basically generated an a pro for yeah. the you know for the globe which they have you know europe has the ridership you know they get 100 uh, if you combine u23 and and elite there's a hundred over a hundred riders usa bmx you don't get that you know we'll get 25 total so there's not really any reason to have an a pro or, or that lesser class i don't think until there's enough guys to warrant it um i, I don't know it, it's just it's not those days anymore so we can't i i'm not i'm not one of those people that go well i used to i used to because i've been around for all of it you know i've been yeah. non-stop on tour since 93 um, yeah. and i raced it as a youth some in the 80s but so, I mean, I've I seen mean, every ebb and flow and you just can't look at the back. You've got to look at what's going on, try to move forward, try to, you can't just, yeah, just not, I understand. it's not the same time. And, not but same I'm people, sitting here not looking at what's I'm looking here, seeing the, uh, like the things that are occurring around the current events, seeing the future and realizing that this shit's going to go away. If, like if you can't call something a pro-am and not have pros support it, you know, it's like, it's going to go yeah. away. And, yeah, then, but, and then they'll be uh, sitting around clamoring and, and talking about the good old days and yeah. saying, you know, you know, can you name, name the pros within 200 miles of your place? I don't, there's we only don't like three any. or four within 200 miles of me. Maybe one. Well, we, we have, there's one. Keep in mind, we have six months of the year. Nobody rides up here. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, I'm just not, saying there's not very many guys. So yeah, no, but there's but there also never has been in, in from where I am. Well, right, right, right. I mean, I mean from where I am, that's not the situation. case, but it is now. So yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't have the answer. I just, we just keep plugging away and, and I mean, just uh, maybe end on the, the prompt thing. The, the cool thing I was starting to say about, we, we were kind of bummed that the big guys weren't coming anymore, but in turn to see the key, the youngsters embrace the, the pro. I mean, we're still getting 25 guys and 14, 15 girls oh, you know, yeah, at an event sure. yeah. and see those kids embrace it. And every, and now letting some of those kids these kids that are 17 and 18 amateurs, they're, they're going home with second, third, fourth, making 300, 200, 100, and, and the smiles and having them come to all the races. It's, it's kind of just a, a changing of the guard kind of thing. So hopefully if, if we keep going, we can kind of get this, get that 16 to 21, 22 base back up. Um, you know, we're just, we're not going to quit on it, but that yeah. the older, there, there's just a gap. There's like a generation gap of pro right now. Um, we yeah, that, just, we that definitely is true. I do up. think that some of that is attributed to, key, to that age group going to college. 
it's know? a, it's and, a gap, and when yeah. when you move and you know like for instance uh you know Ryder, both of us had uh, dustin hammond he went to lindsey wilson and yeah. like he left that norcal scene and he was in kentucky for a couple of years like yeah he's kentucky state champion one year because i had to get him qualified so he can race rock you know <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> like that was the kind of thing that we had to do but uh he spent four years of his life over there and the yeah. majority of the time and you know so that is a real effect that's happened and and if you had to balance it like it's better for these kids to get an education at the end of the day but absolutely um it's just you know for me personally i would just love to see like hey man these guys are doing this like like tyler stepped up you guys step up all this stuff it's not that big of a deal to go hit a weekend or two and 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 show face and be a big name rider who goes and does that you know yeah, yeah. Um, i agree i just and this is not, just hopefully not, if somebody listens to it and they hear that's what's it, crazy there's not know? that many out here no i know i know but it doesn't mean that they can't get there and 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 do it but um they do here and there they you know here and there i, I yeah. would say probably not enough but yeah summer is busy the the world cup scene's all cracking again like a lot of those guys during our final i talked to them like yeah we'll come up we'll come when is it and like oh fuck that's when we're all in columbia so yeah and you just timing is some of it so yeah it, i'm sure it is what it is but i can just uh, on the final note just i'm happy with this, the series that we have going that the kids are still embracing it and chasing after the points and and they're showing up so absolutely yeah, and you guys some, are doing some a bigger great job back in it that'd be cool know? but seems like know, the, the vibe there is awesome people are really into it great job oh, for what you guys are doing stands um, are just, packed fence is packed it's great yeah my my hope is that maybe maybe you know the couple of people that listen to this hear it and then they're like you know what those guys are right like let's step up for the next one but yeah, yeah. uh moving on to the next topic i'm pretty excited about this uh golden crank talk golden so crank. uh if if the i think the voting ends november 15th um, um i november first i i thought they said the beginning of november i don't think it goes to the is 15th, it is the beginning of november okay so, so let's just assume up. it's beginning of november you guys have about two weeks left yep. um uh this year is going to be really exciting i think because for the first time ever uh usa bmx has implemented a system that seems like it's pretty legit and w when i say that i mean multiple votes cannot be cast like if you don't have yeah. a unique uh, you know identifier basically because they make you input all this stuff and it's a text message and and you're sending it across um i think we might see like one of the most legitimate golden crank like a true like what the people want type of uh yeah. voting here so yeah, and, yeah. and that's pretty exciting um and you know obviously because of this podcast i'm pushing for everything on the tangent side so uh, it, with the exception well <laughs> not really the exception but uh nick long for pro of the year yeah but uh he's, he's you guys he's drift, he's drift tangent till the end yeah, of the year yeah 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 well he's drift <laughs> tangent till till grands right <laughs> yeah exactly but it's been, it's been um, good i mean we just been buddies forever he was looking for a little something i mean it wasn't it wasn't any big deal just he's like dude i you know i'm gonna i'm not doing this anymore so I'm gonna, i'll rep your brand while i tour this year but then yeah he got that uh haro gig and i'm super stoked for him yeah i mean for sure and you look what he's doing right now with the duffel dash um yeah, yeah. Mon the money that he's raising for that insane if nick like honestly the, the the you know whoever listens to this go out and vote for nick long because there isn't anybody else in the pro level who's giving back and caring like this right now yeah so I mean, just fully just his dedication and all of his years and 
And now, yeah, now the the give back thing for him is it's amazing. He's oh even before that, going back a couple awesome. of years when he did the homeless stuff and he did the the, the homeless yeah, yeah, foods right? and all that. He's <laughs> yeah. just like he's always been, super, he's always been that guy. Dude. Yeah, he's always, he's always been, that, been guy. that guy, and and super happy for him. Definitely go out and vote for Nick yeah, Long. I agree. The next Nick is uh, your Nick, uh, Nick Adams, pro yeah. of the year, Nick Adams. I think he's got he, a valid shot. I think so. He's definitely been killing it. Um, he's been definitely he's deserving of, of it. So, uh, how long has Nick rode for Tangent? Oof, I long know. time. Yeah, he was on yeah, Croupy no, no and then clue. went from Croupy straight to Tangent. I think. I think Wait. he was. He took a break for a while. He took a break for a while. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if a team break or I, I know. He, I don't think he, he didn't just jump ship for anyone. I think he was just kind of. Well, I think the year uh, I, I think Krupe disbanded. Uh, or, something, you know, yeah. Because Krupe yeah, won yeah. the title that year that he was on the team, um, and then it kind of you know that team effort kind of fizzled out a little bit. And I th I believe he left. Maybe he took like a year off or something. But yeah, I, regardless, yeah, I he's been with you guys for a long ago. time. Yeah, long time. You know, Nick Adams, and then the you know uh the, the next two are frame of the year i know i know you'd love to get this for the rift yeah we, and... we, we developed that new rear end on that bike and it's been really awesome it's one of the most techy fancy little rear ends i think um of most of the american brands for sure but uh I, and I you guys a just got a cool huge things. delivery of stuff recently that's going to be available at grands that basically um, yep. is we got showing all the bars back in stock finally and then all of our size of carbon bars are now in stock so that's awesome and then forks are coming up right behind those hopefully for grands we'll see yep so that'd be nice and then the final rounding to make this a tangent sweep i want this to be a tangent sweep because this one's near and dear to my heart because i've That'd won be i've won the team title uh, or the the team golden crank twice i have cool though that i have i have one of the old uh like like uh rattle can uh one piece crank golden <laughs> cranks yeah, yeah um and then i have the the first year that profile got involved and did the the really badass new trophies that they have but um you know team of the year riff tangent you know yeah that'd be fun for sure it's uh you know uh, we've and, been and, uh say so i would say we've been up there before uh last year we were second and third and then we've been we've been in the top five a, a number of times we just never won and we've always just heard there's always just something shady going on you know i don't i don't really know and <laughs> I, don't, I honestly don't really care i've I've never been like, oh my god, we got to win this. It just, it just be neat. It just be reassuring, and you know that we're they're doing things right. We're in the right direction. When you're voted by the fans, it just yeah. gives you some reassurance. Hey man, you know maybe you're doing a little something right at least. But I've I've just always heard the, over the years of all these different little methods of people cheating or doing whatever. And I said I don't know if it's true or not. And I don't care. You know, props to whoever won. It's fine. But I mean, uh, the people with, that won, with, they've won. They, they they played by the rules that were in the system, I guess. But the yeah. system, the system right. in the past was hundred percent flawed. <laughs> right. Um, totally. I, I don't. I don't believe the system in the past. Uh, I, I guess it could be manipulated. Um, yes. Yes. But from what what I've heard. But I do think that moving forward with the, these changes that have been made, and you know, like I said, like I I have two licenses in my household, one for myself and one for my son, and. I went and voted for you guys with that list that I just said and uh, and Nick Long. And then I took my son. Well, I didn't have my son's license right away, but I started like filling out all of his stuff on my phone. And then it came up and it was like, nope, sorry, you've already voted. And I'm like, shit. So, yeah, so you got to. Like, you have had to, to get go together do it from like, his phone and then get his license and put yeah, all the info in. So you, to, to do it, to cheat now, you'd have to get like 
you'd have to have like a house party of 50 people, get a bunch of numbers. But then TJ said even you got to have the <laughs> PIN number for the back of the registration card. Yep. So you got it. It's, it's pretty, seems pretty legit now. It is. Um, it de definitely seems like uh, they, they definitely stepped that up. I think they maybe over the years have recognized like, you know, hey, you know, there are some brands yeah. that have won it that aren't even around anymore yeah. right and now. They, like yeah, it's very, like, uh, very, very recently. Because I'm, so. I'm sure they can review the data of where votes are coming from and yeah, IP sure. addresses and, and stuff like that. So um, yeah. they, they obviously prompted it and did it for a reason. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, usually if it's not broke, you don't fix it. <laughs> but it's a super, you know, it's, it's a super cool. Um, it, it, it's a cool thing. It's a cool award to get. And uh, yeah. Yeah. you know speaking from experience and everything and yeah, be cool. uh, i really stoked. i really hope that you know everyone you know kind of hears this if you haven't voted already uh i feel like most of the people that maybe have listened to this have already voted for you guys regardless but That'd i have a awesome. good feeling on this thank so you I think if you that, have uh, i think yeah, i'm we gonna put call little, it exact so <laughs> we put a little bit of energy into it this year i mean we've always you know do a, a vote for you know little thing but we uh when we were in Louisville, we actually went and did video footage. We made a little team of the year video and a rookie of the year video. We kind of pumped those up um, for a week or so after that. Did individual vote for um, posts with every rider for them to post, and we shared it all around. So you know, we put some we put some oomph behind it. Um, yeah, I think more than I saw anybody else has. And you know, so I don't know. Like, I don't care either way. Um, doesn't yeah. is going to make or break my heart. But it would be really it really just a reassurance. We really need to to uh to have but but yeah yeah i know for we'll, sure we'll, we'll see uh saturday night yeah man definitely that'll be awesome um i think that uh kind of it's a good little bit for our bmx section good segue uh, you know segueing into the business section perfect segue is you have all of this new tangent stuff you got a uh, new fork release looks like you picked up a new uh graphics printer to are, yep, are you yep. doing like the custom graphics on those forks like as... uh, no forks are the forks just gonna have a stock graphic um yeah the printer yeah so we we use we uh, have roland large format printer we've had for years and last year middle of the year i was kind of crapped out and what we printed mostly on that was all the state backgrounds our you know we do some team stuff for some people but the state and gold cup and nag and all those backgrounds the inserts we print tons of those. Oh, okay. and then we print. We use our. We print it for our own use. Our own decals. Our own rider decals. Uh, our yep. own banners. We don't really job shop stuff with it. Yeah. Um, but we haven't had it for like a year and a half, and so we finally bucked up and got a brand new one. Just set it up Friday. Got all the bugs worked out yesterday. Or, you know, got it all tuned. Excuse me, tuned in and tuned up. And yeah, we're gonna start printing stuff out um, either this evening or tomorrow. Um, so that's really cool. And then on the fork side, uh, on the carbon side, we just got in our all of our uh all we had the five and a half bar for a couple years and we were kind of just testing that one um the vendor we use makes a lot of carbon um product and we were confident with them but we wanted to kind of let the bars you know like let them ride for a year and see if there's any problems you know before we open molds for three more sizes because it's pretty costly so yeah um we decided a while back like okay cool let's the you know that we've been running these bars for a year we went through two production runs of them you know like three four hundred of them um barely any problems no um no breakage um uh, just some some over tightening dad crushing this crushing the uh, clamp yeah. area yeah. and only like two that i got back so um I'm like okay let's open the molds but then it got caught in covid and all that crap um 
So it basically backed it up almost a season. Um, but whatever, you know, all, all good things come. And I never really rush. It's like, you know, we'll get it, we get it, and we'll get it rolling, and it'll be fine. So we finally did get them all in. Um, yeah, and those things are flying off the shelves, man. It's awesome. Um, and then Forks, we just got our first article with graphics. So we've had a bunch of samples. They've all been great, tested great. Um, and then now we got the graphics. They're just fine-tuning the colors. And um, I think we have – couple hundred of each pair coming in hopefully awesome. before grands that's our fingers crossed before grands when you sent me those pictures the other night along with the printer i was thinking that you guys were like getting the forks in with like some kind of base graphic and then applying oh, no, like, no no in-house like uh, a customized color to match like stuff that you're doing or whatever yeah we actually probably could um, yeah but no we don't it, oh, okay we, that yeah. thing solely almost solely does inserts but i mean we've done like frame decals for people that are, you know want to paint their bike and then do a different color decal. Yeah. So we do some stuff like that. Um, that I guess that could be an option, you know, printing colors. Uh, but yeah, it was not what its intended use is by any means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Couple of shop issues. Yeah, yeah. My fucking <laughs> compressor still still an issue. Still an issue. <laughs> still an issue. Don't yeah. Buy American, don't buy American junk. Oh my god, man. Yeah, so yeah. like as you know, we'll tell the fans we had we've had this big 1950 compressor that my dad scored somewhere, and it's been running our CNC machines for 16 years or whatever, yeah. and it finally gave out. I mean, I think we changed oil on the thing twice, never cleaned, never did anything, it just ran, just yep. old ass American, you know, engineering, just just I don't even It'll know, make just them big like bulky thing, <laughs> and it just it just ran. So um, rather than fix that one we're like okay let's get an updated thing you know so we went and uh so you, hit, you hit me up and you up sent me pictures of like a air compressor on on like smoking and yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> you got that i just swooped right in and i was like oh i know exactly you should go to tractor supply get this air compressor i've run it for like over 10 years i just upgraded here to a screw compressor which is much more expensive but um and then you know I felt good about it because I was like, oh, man, this will get you back up and running in like an hour or two, which is what you pretty much went and did. Yeah, and exactly. Go on. <laughs> yeah. And then so the first one, it was hot. I mean, it, um, so I, I imagine, you know, like it was 99 degrees in here. 80, it gets 95 to 100 degrees in the shop uh, on these hot 100 plus days. So it stopped and I wasn't here. And then the a guy came and looked at it and. The, the like you had you had said hey you know check the thermal uh, thermal kill switch uh, and he he said he had pressed it but you got to press it really freaking hard like it snaps like it feels like something broke um it feels so like a breaker kind of yeah it, it's a break yeah. yeah it's a breaker button but it's yeah. like you got to really push it like you got to kind of push it more than you think you would push something um so i, I did find it, it kind of funny back. though because you had told me that you were you guys were down for a few days and you know you got to return it this and that and i'm like did yeah. you try pressing that button <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, i didn't know i wasn't here i was out I of town so <laughs> when i got home i pressed the button <laughs> it was so, and, honestly and, like the funniest thing i was laying there watching so tv and i'm like did you press the button and then you press the button you're like hey guess what it fired right up yeah <laughs> So anyways, yeah, that solved that problem. But now it just keeps doing it. Um, I think Thursday or Friday, every five minutes, it's just breaking, breaking, breaking. And it wasn't hot. It was only 85 degrees back there. And, and that sounds really hot, but it's it's mellow. You know, it's it's not. It's got, you know, we got fans blowing, so they're not like dying or anything. But um, Well, and thinking about that, I'm wondering, um, you know, the way that those work is that upper pressure switch is what disconnects the electricity to the 
motor once it hits, I believe, 175 PSI. If uh, the air compressor is running and running and running and running and running and can't get up to 175 PSI, then you have a line leak somewhere that is basically no. the, the air compressor can't catch up to what the it leak runs is. five minutes shuts off for an hour it's fine it's not it's not running like that oh really no no normal just it run stop runs like normal but just like the old switch will pop on you what's that after, the thermal switch pops after only five minutes of running uh lately yeah now now it's broken like the switch is just jingling jingling around they're like broken or something oh yeah there's, 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 i, I got i can hold on. the switch down and it'll stay on like if i push it really hard and hold it in um but when i when it broke when it started popping like right away like just popping and popping i felt the motor and it was hot like super fucking hot like way hotter than i would imagine it should be huh yeah so, it just yeah, thumbs up yeah, something doesn't seem right there. Uh, normally, with the way that those things work, um, like we definitely, when you use more air than the air compressor can kind of pump up, that motor will run and run and run and run and run and run, and then it starts getting super hot, and then that's when that kind of thing yeah, will happen. And that's not that happened case. to us not when the case we because uh, that air compressor you bought, I ran that air compressor for eleven years, just running two CNC machines. But the second yeah. we added two more CNC machines here and then the lathe, then we started getting these kind of problems that you're talking about. And yeah. this happened last uh, like fall, I believe. And then I had I basically got to the point where I'm like, I started a, adding up a real, like, a real compressor. <laughs> yeah, I had to, I basically had to buck up and, and be like, all right, you know, instead of instead of this like eleven hundred dollar compressor that I'm nursing along and, and playing yeah. compressor repairman every two seconds. Like I had to step up and buy about an eight thousand uh, dollar air yeah. compressor. That's mind blowing. Um, they cost that much. I mean, but compressor. Yeah, you know, that's they, cheap. Like we have a dryer. It's fifteen hundred. That's cheap. No, I know. I know. They, they get more. Just it's mind blowing. But I mean, we're only running the two machines, and literally, it'll run five minutes, and then it's off. It, it wasn't running abnormally because then I would know that. You know, it's like man, something's wrong. We got leaks or something. If it was just running, and it's yeah, loud, then it, it seems like you, it seems like there's something that's faulty in it. Then like there's a bad connection say. in that thermal switch, you know, and it could be something simple like that. But that sucks buying something brand new like that, you know, and yep. having that happen. But it um, does, you know. But uh, yeah, I mean, in my air compressor, like I didn't like typically for the size that I bought, they they tend to want to run between twelve and fifteen thousand dollars. But That's I found insane. a brand called Fiat that it's actually um, one of the other podcasts that I listen to for machining. They uh, talked about it a lot in that podcast. And I'm like, oh, let me let me find out about it. And then I looked it up and I'm like, all right, this thing looks like it's pretty decent. It's got a built in air dryer. Um, it's a screw compressor. So it's really quiet. It's uh, like a 90 gallon capacity um, automatic like air drain system on it where it'll it'll spit out every 30 or 40 minutes it'll spit out water like from the tank so it doesn't fill up right. um so stuff like that but uh since we've gotten that we got it uh last december i got it like right before christmas and it's been running it runs non-stop i i leave it on all the time because it's in the basement of our shop um yeah. and the way we turn it off basically or have it not run all the time is upstairs we have an air valve that just shuts off supply to yeah. the entire shop so we just choke it out there instead of running downstairs and turn it off all the yeah, time. Same, but, same thing. Um, but yeah, that one's been pretty reliable. But um, I mean, it is eight grand. So that kind of sucks. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and you're not at yeah. a level that I think you need it because you have no, two machines no. I mean, right now. You know? fine. 
it, it yeah. handled it fine. Like, uh, you know, it was a little noisier than the other one. It was just a, just a different tone or vibration. You know, it was similar DBs probably just different sound, you know, a little more vibrate. But if you are gonna, I don't know what you're going to do with it. You're going to get another one like that or whatever, but I actually have a, uh, I have a muffler that I bought for that air compressor that, that kills like five or 10 DB. Oh really? Uh, of noise, but I was gonna send it out to you, but now that you don't, <laughs> you might. Well, not I'm sure. It. I mean, I don't know. It literally bought it on the 15th last month, so I got to call and see what they're gonna do. Yeah, um, you better take care of that. I had so. a deal today. I had a bunch of other crap going on, and there was no one here to run the machine anyway. So I was like, oh, do like normal. Put it off till tomorrow. <laughs> Why yeah, do it today I've when had, you can do it tomorrow? <laughs> I've had so much stuff going on to try to. I I finally here at, uh, in our shop we finally settled our material issues okay and good. um we were we were getting by buying material that was way more expensive than i had been paying prior um yeah you had me uh, try to yeah call and check some people I, never, I ended up never getting through and then you didn't bug me out anymore so i figured you'd sorted it yeah well i yeah. just i felt bad because i was hitting you up every day about it you oh, know? I don't and then care. they I mean, weren't answering the phones in the california it doesn't office. bother me dude just uh you can you can bother me all you want <laughs> you, just, you know the no thing is like no I different feel, than for the podcast <laughs> you know what's funny is like they yeah well the podcast is like we got to get the podcast done you know <laughs> it's more important than damn fucking making parts <laughs> <laughs> but um regarding material like i was getting pushed off pushed off pushed off but they wanted to dramatically like like about a 30 percent increase in my price oh, and uh, i started buying it from a different vendor that had it the, the one that i was buying it from just didn't have it they they kept on telling me that they didn't have it in stock and it was coming it was coming then i just happened last week to email him and say hey what's the status with delivery of material to new jersey and he's like it's in we can ship it tomorrow and it's in in missouri too uh you know what do you want from that and i'm like you gotta be shitting me like uh now all of a sudden i got a scramble for this and i ended up like like he like the the, the vendor they honored um probably about a thousand pounds out of like the six or seven thousand pounds that i just bought at my old pricing because yeah, did, still... you have it, did you have it uh purchase pre-purchase or whatever ordered at that yeah price. i had it i had it on what's called an open po system so yeah. you know it's a, a blanket order i had negotiated the price last october i was supposed to buy so much of it uh and then they basically sold it out from underneath me and this is crazy that this is occurring right now but i literally just like last friday i was like all right uh when they when they were thinking that they were going to send me like their my normal amount which was a small amount of aluminum and i'm like nope i, I said what do you guys have and they told me the amounts in in missouri new jersey i'm like i'm buying it all send it all to me i'm <laughs> just fucking go, buying it. Buy it there you Let's go big go. dog <laughs> it was a thirty-one thousand dollar order it's like Woo! nothing to nothing to uh, like and this is just for gears i did that twenty thousand dollar aluminum wall we we changed everything around we got the other machine and that fucking stung yeah but, that sucks and but then, it's nice because when i went to reorder it the shit had went up 20 percent. my god i wish i would have bought thirty thousand dollars exactly and god, that's what's sucks. basically happening right now with everything that that's occurring and then the guy had the audacity on the phone to tell me, well, we have more material coming in in February. And, you know, you know, out of that, what do you want to reserve? And I'm like, dude, you know, I'm sitting here shit. like I've tried reserving stuff with you before and you've sold it out from underneath me. So how can you even sit here, you know, and ask me that question? But I said, you know what? 
I'm buying all that too. When it comes into February, <laughs> I'll buy it at that point. Oh, in time. All of it. And then, and then don't buy it all. Just buy what you want. <laughs> well, you know the I mean? thing is, at that time, what I definitely will do is shop it around because who knows what's going to happen. They say with the economy and stuff like that, like commodity prices are starting to come down. Right. And I don't want to get trapped into a price that is much higher right, because right. the price, the new price that I'm paying right now, unfortunately, we will have to increase pricing. I've taken a hit right now leading up to grands because i know all you guys like to change all that stuff before grands would just be a nightmare but in the oh, new okay. year we will be bumping up our gearing pricing a little bit um just because it i've been paying more for the last like three months now and uh it, it's been kind of uh just difficult to deal with in that regard but i've never had to buy this much material in advance before just to be able to protect myself because at the end of the day like I am glad that, you know, I have my own shop. It's on my property. I have my own machines. You know, nothing can stop me from working really except for getting raw materials. In the right, door. right. You know, like if I can keep on, if I can secure raw material in the door, we will never shut down. We'll never have to. We'll just keep on going and going and going and going. And, yeah. and right now we are heavily stocked up with a lot of materials. So, you know, the, the next, you know, six months to 12 months look good here as far as protecting that. Um, we shouldn't have any issues uh, regarding any of that, but um, it's just been, you know, uh, it's just been difficult to deal with, you know, like trying to plan for wanting to do other things and then realizing like, shit, like I can't do this other stuff I want to do. I got to, I, I got to buck up and stock up on material and put it up against the wall right now, which, yeah. which kind of sucks. Maxine but, calls sleeping, sleeping money. But yeah. now, right now, I mean, it's, it's good money because you're saving, you know, maybe 20% again, but like I said, it, it's not doing that anymore, but yeah, you never know. Yeah. It could be. Yeah. You never know. This could go up very dramatically. So we'll see. Yeah. But with that all said, like I bought a new machine. I'm saying what, what are you going to run all that stuff on george <laughs> yeah machine, so, maybe? Uh, one of the the uh, we have a haas vf1 that is really old it's from 1997 uh similar to your vf2 that you have um and it's an old girl she 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 has problems from time to time and i've been nursing her along but uh because of all that robotic stuff that we had done the past year with the intern and we got that system to a point where I believe I can take it across the finish line. Now I wanted to bring in a new machine. That's going to be able to utilize all of that robotics. And yeah. hopefully the end goal with this is not only to replace an old machine that's here and, and get like updated equipment. Um, we're upgrading like the, the, the machine that it's replacing uh, what we have here is a 10,000 RPM spindle we're replacing it with a machine that can run up to 20,000 RPM. So Ooh. in theory, we yeah. should be able to cut everything right on day one with old programs twice as fast, right off the money. So you'll um, just, you would just, just turn the, turn the, the feed button up. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. That's all you do is <laughs> uh, you're gonna speed do? override, speed override on, on existing awesome. programs and fucking yeah, go. Yeah. That's it. So we that's should funny. be able to do that on day one without any issues. The new machine that we're getting, um, it's twice as fast in regards to RPM, but as far as how fast it can move around and cut material, all the rapids, it's, it's like eight times faster. Oh God. Like, like the one I'm getting is so fast that you have to bolt it to the floor no or else what. it'll walk away on the, sh in, in the shop. That's, That's what they crazy. say. 
but um and yeah, it probably weighs five thousand pounds <laughs> yeah it, it's a five thousand pound machine um the one that we have right now is eight thousand uh but it's a five thousand pound machine it's it's uh something called bt30 which is a smaller tool holder than the cat 40 that like you and i have uh-huh. um so it's less metal to spin up to those speeds oh gotcha. but uh when you watch demos of the the machine is a, a haas dt2 um when you watch demos of it and stuff it has a one point like one second tool change time so it's it's like lightning it's just like and it puts yeah. a new tool in you know it's my um, because even when we switched ours i was like crazy how fast it goes yeah yeah so the designation on it is dt2 that stands for drill tap machine this machine is extremely efficient at tapping you can tap at 5000 rpm which is ridiculously fast so is that what you'll tap all your threaded gears with probably yeah, we'll, yeah. I'm well i mean right now i think we're tapping at like uh maybe two or three hundred rpm but i'm definitely gonna try going slow because it's it's I don't, I don't know if i want to go like five thousand right on day one well yeah because <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's when because it's specifically made for it was that the part of the plan or just because the, the overall speed in general uh the overall speed in general yeah. um it's just the 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 nature of that machine it's extremely fast um but you know, it's also pretty costly. Uh, the machine's running about 92 grand oh, uh, with Jesus all the Christ. options and everything that I got on it. That's and an this is a machine one. that's like the size of one of my mini mills. It's smaller than your VF um, that you have. VF2, so it's a yeah. really like VF2 and VF1 are the same shell size, I believe. It's just the two yeah, yeah, it's just the inside. So it has it has the inside space of a VF1, I believe, as far as the, 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 the usable table area. Yeah. Yeah. So the plan is on day one, I'm going to buy, uh, we already have, uh, we use those pallet systems that I told you about before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we're going to run all of our legacy programming on there. Um, everything's going to run off a USB stick, which would be a lot nicer because I don't know how, how you do yours, but we have a big, like Flop, 20 foot man. RS. We have an RS 232 uh, cable connection. floppy, But I haven't, we haven't added or taken a program out of the VF2 since we have the new machine. So it's been a year and a half. It hasn't even changed it because all the, uh, yeah, but, all the sprocket programs are just in the VF2 and haven't changed it since. But yeah, I've got a, I've got a USB floppy for my laptop and then we've got the floppy in the, that's in hilarious the, uh, in the machine. I just never changed it. Yeah, we can't really do that because we have about 600 programs that run yeah, yeah. Uh, for gearing. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a little bit of a problem. But um, yeah, so we'll set up to, we're going to set up uh, the existing palette. Um, like like I said, change over all the tools, keep them all in the same positions. I just have to get new holders. Um, and, and hopefully on day one, just double everything and run twice as fast. But then we're going to set up another palette on the side of the existing palette and that's where i'm gonna do all of the uh robot robotic uh picker work and i'm gonna get that all established in that machine and then try working through the new programming to eventually be able to put a stack of plates in that machine and have it just hopefully do an eight hour cycle where it just keeps on loading plates and loading plates and loading plates and, and then, then do your, you do your lights out and come up in the morning and every tool is broken because the first op screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Uh, that, I'm Jill, looking Jill forward to that. the side of your vice. Yeah. Uh, and before <laughs> I walk in the shop, I'll put my, my, uh, my rain boots on because the shop will be flooded with coolant. So, you know, all kinds of shit like that. But 
but honestly, like the the it's exciting the no, future I'm excited for you. of what we'll be able to do. Um, but I will say, getting this, it's definitely making me think that like I'm already running through the process right now of designing a few new parts that we'll be able to put on that machine on hopefully day one at night. And yeah. you know, the goal is to like load up a couple of pallets at night and make some stuff unattended that are pretty simple for the most part and just let the thing run all night at like low feed rates and stuff and just yeah, yeah. who cares if it takes you know 12 hours to cut something like yes just go if you, if you got to do shiny parts in the morning <laughs> exactly and that's that's what i'm really and this machine's coming with probing um uh these m code relays to do all the robotics and everything so it's it's coming pretty decked out i'm um I'm really pumped on that. Congratulations. Um, yeah. So, it, and I timed it such that we will be receiving it right when I come back from Grands, like the first or second week in December, kind of after, you know, all the craziness happens of Grands and I can settle down. Yeah. Um, hopefully. You'd be in I, snow, so you won't have nothing else to do but program and tinker <laughs> around in your shop. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully it doesn't snow that much, but I mean, when it snows here, it snows, but then it usually like I plow it and it kind of melts a couple of days later and then we're good. But, yeah. um, but yeah, I mean, we had a buyer lined up, uh, the same guy who bought my TM one from last year, hoping it still goes through. It seems like it may not. Um, but, uh, yeah, if anybody's looking for a VF one, you know, hit me up. Um, been, a, <laughs> never been raced. Low, low hours never been raced <laughs> yeah. brand new used the, the big the big dirt bike the, the dirt bikes never been raced <laughs> only cut aluminum well that is true here uh we have yeah. only cut i don't know what it did in its past life but uh we yeah, have only cut. cut aluminum with ours so i cut fucking rocks <laughs> uh, it wasn't too but, bad uh, i just yeah we had to deal with some stuff but she's been all right yeah but the goal is eventually, you know, we have five CNCs here. We're going to be, we're going to have four virtually brand new machines, all machines that are under like three years old, one machine that's still from 1998. Um, but, you know, kind of setting up the shop with all brand new stuff and Fancy. looking, looking towards the future here and trying to uh, like really solve a lot of the issues that we've had with uh, running parts and just it, it the job like this job it requires a lot of humor human interaction especially when you're dealing with a product line like mine you know a well over 600 gear programs skew lover um what'd you say skew lover that's what max calls me even <laughs> skew lover you know so many things so many colors so many sizes yeah and you know it, i feel bad sometimes because like customers will place orders on our site and they're like well your site said it was in stock and i'm like trust me my website is not up to date with like being able to track stock inside the shop like I know, sadly, we're about 10 to 14 you. days you know like we keep a lot of stuff raw on the shelf we send it to anodize weekly depending on when they order it could be like a two-week wait it could be seven days it could be three days it you know? could be three to three days to three weeks <laughs> yeah all, all deliveries <laughs> Yeah. So, um, so short but, track, you knew that point one four. Yeah, you missed it. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, with getting um, this huge shipment of material, having a machine that can cut stuff twice as fast during the day, possibly being able to do stuff at night, like us being able to really stock our shelves the way that, you know, at one point 
<clears throat> we used to have everything on the shelf like ready to go but uh demand just blew up like right out right during covid that it's been pretty hard to keep anything on the shelf right now i mean yeah you know so we've been, but, we've, been yeah. chugging a lot. we've been all right with that kind of thing we've uh because we have two shifts now so we run a day shift and an evening shift so we the machines running both machines are running you know, up to 15 hours a day so that yeah. kind of helped us solve that problem you know instead of a machine we added manpower we don't yeah. really have room for another machine um but the double shift has kept us pretty on top of it i mean we don't sell probably nearly the amount of gears you do but you know we sell our fair share and uh definitely need two shifts we, we couldn't keep up with just one shift wouldn't be possible yeah. yeah we used to run two shifts back in the day but um it just became a problem it, it becomes more of an issue trying to find a person to work that area pretty much because yeah. There is a lot of responsibility and there's a lot of things that I have to teach the person. And, you know, like when you're running this, we got to run it like this. And, and, and to be honest, there's when I, when I started doing this, um, I wasn't a CNC machinist beforehand. I was a mechanical engineer. So slowly over time, I started learning how to program and, and make this stuff. And I have programs that are running that are 15 years old. They're not really optimize that well yeah they're not super efficient yeah so <laughs> it's too hard to change them. and and it's a huge pain in the ass because it's like all right i make this awesome you know change and this is going to fix this problem but now to sit there and be like oh, now i got to go through 600 programs and and, oh, and enter this change like now nightmare yeah it's a nightmare that's why like the new um setup that we're going to have i'm I just recently started doing a lot of macro programming and we're going to have everything set up in macros such that we're like when we call up a 44.2 yeah, calls from the programs instead of each individual program. Written. Yeah. So like that change one macro changes all 600 gears or, or how exactly. many apply to that. Yeah. yeah. No, that's, that's how our originally just the four bolt and the five bolt, the pattern when, when it draws the, the or when machines, the countersinks, yeah. it came from a macro. Yeah. So if we ever needed to adjust it, you know, it would it would adjust all ten sizes. Yeah. Because it go, you know did a call out call to that macro program, and then so say we change, you know, I think at one point cranks started getting different, so we changed the depth of the countersink. You know, and it changed it on the macro, and it changed on all of them. So that yeah. that will make your life probably a whole lot easier. Yeah, yeah. So um, that, but it's still it's still not trivial. There's going to be a, a shit ton of work to get this all working correctly. But that's why we're going to have this legacy pallet system with all the legacy tooling in the machine. Um, that new machine I'm getting, it has the same tool capacity. So it's 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 actually has one more tool. It says it's 20 plus one. Yep, you'll um, need the, uh, that's where your um, probe will go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we'll, we have tons of empty space right now. So we'll utilize that other stuff for the new generation programming and uh hopefully get everything up and running and uh you know be cranking sometime hopefully by that next summer when this uh we're getting a local national here out on cape cod and it'd be cool anyone that you know is in the area wants to stop by and check it out you know we'll have to come up for it just come visit the rented factory <laughs> yeah i show you all my secrets <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't know dude i'm not a machinist i'm not even an engineer i have i have guys that come do that for me we're, that's what, someone goes oh you guys are machinists I'm like no dude we're i got material loaders <laughs> yeah, yeah I, mean, I, I, need... I just i i got into it just to control inventory man <clears throat> yeah control quality and control inventory and, and yeah. make it what we wanted it, not wait six months or eight months or overpriced it's kind of why we started i mean i've had machines now for a long time and i've always thought okay you know i'm 
gra graphic design is kind of in a similar sense, you know, like CAD. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, putting tool pass and stuff is the whole, that's the harder part, but I, I know I could learn it. I'm not stupid. I, I have no doubt that I could mess with it. I just don't know that. I, I mean, yeah, it just so depends on what things you want on to my plate. It's like I, yeah. I just pay a guy, he comes here, you know, fucking shit set up by a dude that does it for a living. It's perfect. He leaves and we run the shit for six months. He comes back, changes whatever we need, and we run it for six months. And yeah. you know, um, if it's something big, you know, he they come even even the last three guys that I've used, they they usually work at big shops. So he'll build the fixtures at his shop, come in, mount the fixtures, load the programs, we'll test run a couple, he's out of here. And then, you know, they'll run cranks for the next four months, you know? So yeah. for me, it's like, uh, I'll just put my energy elsewhere and I'll let the professionals do that. You know, then me stumbling and fumbling around. It's like, I kind of want to learn, but no, I give no. you a lot of credit. Cause like, I remember, you know, I remember the day sitting in, cause when I first started running and I bought my first machine, it was a TM one and it was delivered to my house. Like I had this house built and I had the garage door entrance typically is like seven feet on a traditional house but yeah. i looked at the specs on haas for when they ship the machine like what is the smallest size door you could put into <laughs> to get something without trying to get crazy because like you could start taking things apart and all that shit right, but right. i literally i was able I, I told the i got into this property before the house builder had really finalized everything and i told him i said hey how hard is it for you to put an eight foot garage door in and he's like no it's super easy don't worry about it he's like you want it eight foot i'll make it eight foot and that's like two inches shy of like a haas vf1 or a tm1 like the way that they ship it to you uh -huh. that's how high it is so you could put it on rollers and like slide it right into my garage that's what i did when i first started this business and i remember the first day like the rigger dropped off the machine i wired it up myself and i sat there and i'm like okay let me open up the manual day one like let's you know how are we gonna use this thing i give you a lot of credit because you're not doing that sort of thing but you're tackling it in the same you know kind of way to some extent but you're bringing in all these other people that have to you know uh do that work for you and relying on a lot of other people yeah so yeah, we don't get to do like there's other things i i was like man i wish we could do this or do that but i have to wait have stuff designed have stuff you know programmed so i don't get to do stuff on a whim like if you want to do something on a whim you want to dick around with something yeah you could do it where i don't yeah. have that ability but i can but i can get stuff done done if i need to it just wouldn't be like all right i'm gonna you know this weekend i'm gonna sit down i'm gonna redesign our stem like i can't do that you know what i mean so yeah but you know we we put out a good product and you know it just it just takes steps to get to where we need to be it just takes a little longer and then again like i said it's just it's inventory control and, and if we need to make changes we can you know it's not like you had to order 2000 something from Taiwan and then it turned out to be something wrong with them and you can't change them or whatever. I know like our 318 stem, the cap, you know, we test everything, you know, on the, the CAD um, and those like testing programs. And then we yeah. had, we, we, you know, we make parts, put them on some of our guys and now had a problem. But then one of the thicknesses around the, the countersink started cracking on some people, you know, over tightening yeah. type issues. Cause we don't, we, don't always think about okay what about the retards they're going to over tighten the stuff which you kind of need to think about yeah and the stem started breaking the caps so we yep. basically <clears throat> you know this is back when we had fly um we told fly scrap all the caps what colors they need we sent them you know we had this the cap redesigned 
you know, thicken the thing, thicken this, redesign it, made it in house, yep. and them, shipped them all out, changed all, and just like that, it was done. They're all fixed. So, you know, we had to replace a few, but we were able to catch it before all of them were bad and we could fix it. So there's cool stuff like that, you know, but. And that's definitely an advantage of having that capability in house. Cause like you, you're kind of doing, you're hitting it from all sides. Like you have Asian manufacturing, you have some in-house manufacturing, you have in-house prototyping. If you, you know, have to, it just, it's not, uh, like it's not you hundred percent doing all that all the right. time, but, and, um, but you do have I, all of those, all of those bases kind of covered. So I like to think, you know, it's like, I need to be more hands. I was like, man, I really need to know this. I need to learn it. But then, you know, you read all those business books, well, I don't read a bunch, but you know, the, the references in the business books, they're like, you know, do you, know, you focus on what you're good at and, and pay people to do what they're good yeah. at, you know, and that, yeah. that's real, it's all fine and dandy, but until you can afford that, you know? So yes. in the beginning yeah. I had to do everything. So I know a lot about a lot, but now, I like I hire people. It's like I hire an engineer or I hire a designer or I hire a guy to come, you know, do a setup where instead of me struggling with it and fuck with it and trying to learn it, the shit's yeah. just done and he was here for four hours, cost me, you know, two hundred bucks and it's done. Like yeah. no headache, no damaged equipment, comes with like he's got my account information. So he orders all the tooling, what I'm gonna need. I just I don't do shit anymore. So I, that part kind of sucks is like I'm getting detached even more, it seems like I'm starting to not learn anymore. <laughs> so um, yeah. Instead of where I had to know everything, I just I go here's here's access to all my accounts. He orders what he needs, comes to the shop, he comes here, sets everything up. We're done. Yeah. We're, we're off and flying. But it's nice that way. I mean, because the downtime and the wasted time of trying to learn everything and do it myself is just. It just yeah, I mean, it's, it's a process. Cool, you know, it's, not. it's like it's like everything else. It depends on what you value and what you want to do. Like for me personally, this is what I enjoy doing, and I'm not ever going to. I mean, we did make smart sprints in Asia. Yeah. Um, but I felt like that was a huge nightmare. You know, I, you know, that whole process was, we should talk about on some other episode or whatever, but it basically resulted in me, uh, chatting at midnight every night with like a 19 year old Chinese girl. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was like nerve wracking when they were like, okay, you know, uh, we shipped you prototype, you know, you you need to, you know, pay for the production run. And I'm like, am I really, or am I sending this to somebody and I'm going to get a box of rocks back, you know, like, yeah, for sure. So, but, but, you know, uh, like I said, huge props to you. Like I, you know, like just having the balls to do all that with not having like the dedicated engineering machining background is, is impressive. So, yeah, yeah. it's but. been a, it's been interesting. I mean, it was nerve wracking. When I bought the first one, it was scary. You know, I had to rely on a guy. And then when I bought the second one, you know, I'm on my third dude, you know, the, through all the years. And he was just an awesome guy. He's like, dude, I, you won't fail. He's like, I, I run seven of these. That's what I do for a living. He's like, you're fine. I'll have 30 yeah. minutes away. It's like, yeah. I'll be here whenever you need me. I got weekends. And he's been awesome. That dude's been fucking awesome. So That's props, good. To, props to my boy, Andy. He kills it <laughs> for us, man. Really, really go. great engineer. Not so much a product designer, but we'll we'll get anything you know knows all the how to fixture and you know does does whatever that, that side of the work so the engine i guess engineers it programs sure. it whatever but yeah he's great at that so yeah man it's been good so this is a good all segue right. into yeah, good segue uh, we're getting low on time i gotta get going here in a minute for so sure man the next what's next on the what's next on the list well uh, I guess we can maybe move it around a little bit. Like this whole Ricardo, Mick Schumacher, Mick Schumacher with Haas. We're just talking about a lot of Haas equipment right now. Um, yeah, yeah. I feel just tremendously bad. Like I feel bad for Mick Schumacher. I feel bad for Daniel Ricardo. Like, honestly, yeah. I'm kind of hoping that 
it seems like they don't want to deal with Mick anymore because he's cost them so much money. Like Gene Haas yeah. just today said, I, I you know, hey, that. we like Mick Schumacher, but we can't afford the mistakes. Like the mistakes yep. cost too much money, you know? Yeah, I mean, he's dropped, I mean, millions and millions of dollars in uh, crashes. Well, he's won the Destructors Championship two years in a row now. Oh, God. <laughs> Which, for those who don't know, there's an online thing called the Destructors Championship, and it's the F1 driver who's caused the most damage to their team and cost the most money. And he's in the number one spot again this year, and he won My it last boy. year, which is kind of crazy. But I'm kind of hoping that Mick goes to Williams because it seems like Williams is interested in him. And I, I just don't know what's happening with Danny Ricardo. Like, I really uh, wish he would suck it up and be like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, I'm getting paid anyway by McLaren. Right. Like, my contract's going to get paid out. Let me go race for Haas for the minimum. And, like, like let me show them what I can do. Everything, maybe he's not I've, that seen, confident. everything I've seen on Danny Rick is he's not going to race. He's going to do a sabbatical, which I think will be bad for him. With the You know, when, where his last four years, he's basically went kind of downhill, whether it's him not in agreement with his equipment or or whatever. Um, it's just a fact he's gone downhill. And he's one of my favorite guys, he's just such a personality. But uh I I'd be really worried if I was him, I wouldn't be thinking there's a seat in 23, man. The, the yeah. young driver market is hot and why go to an old guy? Because yeah, I don't know, man. That's I that, mean that was a tough thing. I, I think I would have I, I I can't even say, you know, speaking his word, you know, fuck I mean it's not even a world apart of people, but seems like yeah you should have just took that Haas drive to stay in the in the market because if he bails man i don't i don't know he has a huge fan base it's an american based team i think he lives like in la or austin texas i think, I think. yeah I think yeah a, i think he has a place in texas but i'm not 100 sure yeah so it does make a lot of sense it keeps him in you know it gives it can kind of take some pressure off i think because nobody's going to be expecting him to be fighting like for the best of the rest right like, he could just go race yeah when kevin magnuson shows up in abu dhabi for you know the first or, or for for testing or, or bahrain and like just flies in and goes right to the top of the the timing charts like everybody went crazy over haas yeah and that's what i think like and it's not going to happen every single race but no but they, they need some of that fan love not just yeah the, just the two rookie the last year their credibility just went to shit other credibility and it, and it was it was great, it was but... it was known you know what they were doing like hey we're not gonna spend any money there's no reason you know we don't have the money to develop a car that's just going to the you know to the retirement mode yeah but god it was just ugly <laughs> and then yeah magnuson gave him some life and then mixman mixman driving he's outperforming him a couple times and yeah and i feel bad for mick it seems like he could get there but does Haas have the money and the patience i don't know and and your your boy seems like the things that i've watched are they're like leaning on Hulkenberg because they want. Uh, this is like honestly, I think that that's like the biggest mistake. And uh, <laughs> that, I mean, that's just what like the YouTubes that I've watched. Because I, you know, I watched, um, you know, four or five. I, I subscribe to you know, the race and Driver sixty one. Some of those that um, you know, they're kind of in the mix. And it seems like um, you know they're leaning on Hulkenberg, but they haven't they haven't really said anything about ousting Nick or Mick. But they did. Gene did just to say you know himself that he's fucking expensive so we'll see yeah i think they're trying to weigh their options right now basically um and they're gonna see what happens but um it's kind of a sad thing i think if williams steps up and says that they want mick then haas is gonna 
I guess yeah, try to be... pounce on Hulkenberg or whatever. Yeah, because um, I'm sure they'd be bummed. Like they don't want to see him go either. They just don't want to afford him. Yeah, I, well, I guess he they is. Just... His salary is only one million. Uh, like in in comparison, Kevin Magnuson makes five million. In comparison, Danny Ricardo is getting twenty three million. I think yeah, from to not race. To not race. <laughs> but something I, I was reading some comments today, and uh, it says that if he does get a seat. At a at a team, yeah, he has to like, subtract like, that difference. They have to subtract that difference, which I yeah. guess he's still going to get paid anyway. But yeah. it would be funny. Uh, I I did see somebody make this comment. And I thought it would be fucking hilarious because McLaren did kind of shaft him a little bit, like you know, not for nothing, but he has the only win for McLaren for like the last ten years. Yeah, twenty twelve, I think was the last win. But if Ricardo went to Haas and had them pay him a dollar, yeah, then right. McLaren would have to pay out the whole contract. <laughs> and Haas could, although the, the, the driver's salaries are exempt from the cost cap, yeah, exactly. But it would but, be funny if they got to, but keep they're that not money. exempt from <laughs> they're not exempt from their own cost cap, so that'd be a million dollars. Yeah, say the million, the, the budget is 135 million or whatever it is, right around there. They yeah, might not true, even have point. 135 million, they might yeah, be at 125, point. you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because uh, and that that segues into the next topic that I wanted to talk about, which was the cost cap. But Haas is probably I don't know exactly, but they're probably not like Mercedes. And Mercedes uh, has recently disclosed that uh, the team has so much sponsorship money that the company itself, Mercedes, did not have to put a dollar into the program this year because of the the cap so low. Were, so they had the problem where they had they spent four hundred fifty million dollars the previous year. As I say, they're over four hundred million in previous years. Yeah, and, and now, now they have to be at one hundred forty-five. Oh, well, so 45. they had to fire people, and they had to let people go. And they had the money. <laughs> and and yeah, and they had the money, which is insane. I mean, I get the fairness thing, but it seems crazy that I wonder what that what the average is like. What you know, like what everyone's actual budget is. So like, say Haas is a hundred million. Williams is 120, uh, you know, McLaren 400, but you know, what, what they can spend, you know, Mercedes 450, you know, what, a what's, you know, Alphatari, what's red, you know, I know Red Bull is an over 400 million, you know, a bull. The Oracle like, sponsorship seems, for Red Bull is $500 million. It seems like they <laughs> dropped that cap, like really fucking low. Like seems they did, you yeah. know, from people spending 400, they dropped it all the way down to like what Haas spends. Like that kind of seems like it takes a lot away from it to me. Uh, I get, well, the, you know, make it thing fair that's and all sad that, about but it seems is really low. Everybody's all up in arms right now because of Red Bull potentially going over on the cost cap. Um, yeah, and I haven't that. read too much into that yet. Uh, I know a little bit about it, so I read into it a little bit. But one of the things that was mentioned in one of the broadcasts that I saw was, um, yeah, the cost cap was meant to tighten up the field and to make these lower performing teams compete a little bit better against the top performing teams. But one thing that they said was make no, um, uh, I, I guess like, like the reality of the situation that happened is people were fired from the top teams. Yeah. Like they basically had to come down and say, we can't jobs. pay you this anymore. Yeah. So you have to leave. And Fuck. you know, it's kind of crazy, but uh, so the whole Red Bull controversy, I don't know if you've you've read too much into that. No, right none of it. I know they went over, but I haven't read or watched like what, how much over or what they're going to do. So a minor um, infraction is less than 5% over the 145 million, which is something like seven and a half million dollars. Okay. So nobody knows exactly what it is. It could be $5 over the cap. 
or it could be up to seven and a half million dollars over the cap. A right. pretty big range, if you ask yeah, me. Yeah, it's a huge range. <laughs> so supposedly, what has happened is that um, there are things that are exempt from the cost cap, which is definitely driver salaries. Because if they included driver salaries, the cost cap would have to be way higher because people like Lewis Hamilton, I think he makes like $80 million a year. It's like 50 or 80 and I think that Max Verstappen now makes about fifty million dollars a year. So they, uh, yeah, they I saw something. It, they like do not include thirty or something. Yeah, they don't include the driver salaries in the cost cap. But something else that they don't include in the cost cap is the three top earning uh, employees, yeah, CEOs, or yeah, whatever the three, the top guys. Yeah, it just says three employees, right? Right, right. Yeah. So yeah, they're going to be the CEO, CFO, those kind of guys. I imagine. So basically what happened is Red Bull in Adrian Newey, he makes $10 million a year to be the head engineer at Red Bull Racing, right? But apparently he has set up his own company and that's how he gets paid as like a side contractor. But Red Bull included him in the exempt section of the cost cap. So they said, yes, we came in under the $145 million, but the FIA looked at it and said, no, you didn't because XYZ Corporation here that is owned by Adrian Newey is a contractor that has to be pulled out of the cost cap, added to your uh, cost cap, and now you can replace his employee position with some other engineer there who probably doesn't make close to $10 million. You know? Oh, right, right. So it's the difference of that kind of thing, maybe? That's what's basically happening right now. But to me, it's like semantics. And they're arguing over nothing. Like, who doesn't think that Adrian Newey is a real employee of Red Bull? Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, get the fuck out of here. You know? Like, that's not the case. And there's all these people saying, like, Lewis should get the title. Max should give it back from last year. They should kick them out. They should do this. They should do that. But it's basically financial engineering. Like the, the development of F1 is hundred percent driven by engineering and looking to see how you can interpret the rules. Now they're doing it on the accounting side and the financial side, and they are looking how to maximize that. And there's going to be a, probably a court battle on definitions and the FAA yeah. probably didn't do all their research. Right. And they're going to come back and say, okay, now moving forward, it's this because Toto is already saying if you guys aren't going to penalize them, we're overspending 100%. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why not? Which they should, you know, but yeah. I don't think or it's at least, help. Or at least do the whatever they're doing, that 5%, you know, the 7 million. Yeah, that's what Why I think that they'll plan for, you know, yeah. is that they'll plan to go like a few million over. But a few million dollars gets you a new floor. It gets you new. Yeah, yeah. you can, you can you add know, upgrades. So the last couple, rate, last couple of events, you can add some upgrades. And that's the problem that Haas is facing because Haas is saying that, I mean, at one point in time, they were saying they might not be able to race certain events towards the end of the year because they're going to run out of money. That's crazy. So I don't know. It's uh, well, yeah, because they lost they lost several million dollars on Mick. Yeah, I think <laughs> Mick. So is... that, that other two million dollars, Mick, that you you know your two crashes. Yeah, we can't race now. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mick has cut two cars in half. It's nuts, dude. I mean, that's that's pretty much a full car. Is that what, what they cost to build a whole car? I, I'm not. It's got to be over a million dollars each. I've seen know? the I've seen the spec, you know, the breakdown, but I can't remember. It's a million bucks or give or take. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Because when you uh, do that to them, I mean, there's not much they can they can trust using again. 
No, I would imagine. No, I mean, not, I mean, I mean there's thing certain inspecting. things I'm sure that they inspect and they look at and all that yeah. stuff. But I Still mean, gotta be scary. This whole cost cap thing is so insane. In that, I read this stuff that says like their food services and their catering is included in the cost cap. So if Red Bull is hosting Shaquille O'Neal and they're buying them, whatever, like somehow that's being included in the cost yeah. cap for the so development. Mar marketing's in the cost cap. Like are those those kind of marketing things. There is um there is a portion of marketing that is not in the cost cap. Gotcha. Um, but food costs apparently are in the cost cap, which is just ridiculous. Like uh, so who eat, knows? They don't, want, they don't want fucking Red Bull eating steaks and Williams eating hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> the difference is Williams could eat a uh, steak if they had the money to buy steak. But right. <laughs> it's Red Bull that has to eat hot dogs. <laughs> Yeah, well, right, right, because they're over, they're over the budget. <laughs> Sorry, uh, it's, it's going to be a bring your own lunch for the last two races, guys. Yeah, we're going to have to. Uh, so, you know, Everybody coming up to the lunch. last part, um, you and I are heading to Austin, so we'll be able to hopefully scope all this out and see if they're eating cheese and crackers. Yeah, exactly. In, in, in the Red Bull area, but I'm excited, man. I am super pumped. I fly out tomorrow. Um, we are literally recording this in the in the last hour here of possible time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for you especially. I got yeah. another day. I got another day. Thankfully, I need I need another day here. We're busy. Nice. Yeah. Shit going around. Yeah, but we're. Uh, so I don't know if you got to look at any of those uh, emails or stuff that I sent you, but apparently there's all these like different little villages that we can go. There's like going to be Oktoberfest there, so we should should be able to awesome. uh, have yeah, a couple um, of steins. <laughs> Leo Garcia from Shimano, he uh, posted something up, and TJ told me, and then. Uh, Leo texts me and he's like, when are you getting here? So I was like, he's already there. I was like, what are you doing there this early? Is there stuff to do? And he just sent me the, the, you know, the, the link to all the things going on daily and all that. So there's, you know, bands every night and all kinds of cool stuff. So yeah. Yeah. I'm sure I'm there's, there's stuff going on all over, but um, yeah. Yeah. So this should be pretty exciting. First F1 for both you and I, we're going to be yeah. there. Uh, turn 12 is uh, where we got our Sunday grandstand tickets. So yep. it's at the end of the longest straightaway on the track. So we should be able to get to see quite a bit of action there. Some good um, breaking. Yeah. Hopefully we'll probably see Latifi go straight into where Leo is in turn 15. So. <laughs> so cut straight hey, across the track. <laughs> uh, that's but, yeah, man. Anything else? Uh that you can think no, of. I think the next one we'll, we'll have plenty to talk about for F1. It'll be mostly an F1 podcast, I bet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll have a good wrap-up for F1. I'm sure we'll be probably recording right before Grands because we're both going to have a lot of stuff going on leading up to that. And Yeah, uh, yeah. Actually, got to go to SoCal, you know, print award plates a week or so after I get back. Yeah, you're going to be really busy with yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, lots, lots to do. So, for sure, man. All right, yeah. well, I, I think it's... Probably get it done this up. two months and later. I get to see you in about two days and yes, get to hang out and do non-BMX stuff. So did you did you get the car figured out? Uh actually we're not gonna get one. Uh we are staying with Eric Gurky, uh Marshall Gurky's dad and his brother who lives in Austin, and they're just gonna come pick us up. Okay. And cool. and then I, I ended up buying a parking pass because I thought we were gonna get a car. But um, we're just going to take Eric's brother's car over to the track every day. Sweet. Sounds so good to me. it's going to be me, you, and Eric. And I think his brother on one of the days. But his brother's not doing all three days. Um, 
but uh, he, mainly me. You're not an F1 nerd. <laughs> he's not an F1 nerd. No. <laughs> Leo's like, are you there he, for all three days? I'm like, yep. <laughs> he lives. He's like, all right, we gotta have lunch on Friday. Is uh, Leo there all three days? He's there already. <laughs> so well, I know, but I'm yeah, saying yeah, that no, yeah, he's there all three days. Yeah, yep. He yeah, said, let's have lunch on Friday. I told him we had GAs for Friday and Saturday, and then. Um, yeah, he's like, where are you at for Sunday? And yeah, we're just a turn away. Yeah, it's it's hilarious. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Is do you know any other BMX people that are going? Mm, no, not that I don't know anyone else that's going. Well, this yeah, would be just... a good thing. If you're going to F1 Austin and you're a BMX or listen to the podcast, hit us up in the comments when we post this. Let us know where you're at. Let's hang out. Let's yep, do a let's live do uh, RT podcast meet and greet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> we'll go yeah, over sure. to the Haas area, and and I'm sure we'll get in there. You know, I might find a they might find a few people when I post that. You know, actually, when I'm heading out there, I might get a couple chime ins on uh, when I post on Thursday sure. when I'm headed in. Awesome, man. Uh, what time do you fly in? So I know. I think I land at five fifty or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Uh, I'll Eric say my details about, tomorrow. <clears throat> Eric asked me about that today because we got to go pick you up. But I do think we're going to also plan on doing some go-kart racing possibly down there. So <laughs> get ready. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll time you guys. Yeah. Yeah, all right. I used to I used to do it all the time with everybody. I'm a little, little old and lazy these days. Though. But yeah, maybe. We'll see. Cool, man. All right. All right well, buddy. Get back at it. And yes, uh, see you in a couple days. See all right, man. See you, buddy.